Listening to the coffee hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It is Friday, October 25th. It is definitely a flannel Friday season, <laughs> but neither of us is in flannel today. This is true. We've had um, two flannel Fridays already, though. It is, but it is a beautiful Friday. It's quite lovely outside. It's like it's that nice, like chilly fall. Mm-hmm. It smells like fall. It's and wonderful. What an appropriate time. We have some beautiful stories to share as we well. We do. Uh, the Lord, in His infinite wisdom, called home uh, Dr. Norman Nagel recently, mm-hmm. and uh, the the uh, Funeral service was just in the last two weeks as mm-hmm. well, and uh, Dr. Nagel had a huge impact on mm-hmm. many pastors and other church workers and, 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 and lay people of our church body and beyond. Uh, and so we have some stories to share mm-hmm. today with our listeners from those who were who were so who were close to him, were students, or or friends with him, and have some wonderful stories to remember um, the the Reverend Dr. Norman Nagel here on the Coffee Hour. Thanks to Concordia University Wisconsin for supporting the Coffee Hour, making it possible for us to share these stories. You can find out more about Concordia University Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live uncommon. We have a, a number of guests lined up for today. <laughs> mm-hmm. We have the we have the Reverend uh, Professor John Pless, Professor at Concordia Theological Seminary in Fort Wayne. Thank you so much for joining us today, Professor Pless. I'm oh, glad to be with you. And also joining us, uh, the Reverend William Swirla, Pastor at Holy Trinity Lutheran Church in Hacienda Heights, California. Regular guest here on KFUO, Pastor Swirla. Thanks for joining us this morning. Good morning. I wish I could claim the same about things feeling fall. (laughs) (laughs) Not so much in California. And not so much. It's still dark there, probably, isn't it? Oh, no. Dawn has has, has struck. Uh, We are in you know in the midst of morning prayer here but uh, just yes. bone dry and hot <laughs> and professor plus what part of the world are you in today because you're traveling all the time i'm i'm here in fort wayne i was uh actually just in uh, southern california and san diego last uh, week this time and i certainly enjoyed the uh 75 degree ocean breezes uh there and uh <laughs> now it's kind of a gray um a uh, cold day here in Fort Wayne. Mm-hmm. Pastor Swirla, where did you first meet uh, Dr. Nagel? First met Dr. Nagel in what uh, the curriculum calls systematic systematics three or, or systematic doctrine three. Um, Dr. Nagel would never use the term systematic theology. He said that wasn't Lutheran. And so he called it doctrine three, but it's it's basically the third quarter of of uh, the first round of doctrine that seminary students take, and the focus of it is is the sacraments and the church. What what was uh what were some of your experiences in in his classes? Uh, yeah, the, the the initial experience is the thing that kind of <laughs> it sort of makes or breaks the student. Uh, it's it's a wonderful mixture of terror and puzzlement. And did did I sign up for the right thing? And what's he talking about? Uh, of course, you know his lecture style is is often imitated, never duplicated. Um, he he would lecture closing his with his eyes closed. He'd crash into the wall. He'd lecture to the thermostat. Um, and all of it, I think, intended to, um, for lack of a better, they get people to think. Uh, I remember my first uh, right answer. Uh, it, it's it's like it's it's a it's a thrill. 
when you get a you get a, a right from uh, Dr. Nagel was he was talking about doctrinal theology and basically how uh, it ended in 725 and he just kind of left it hanging there and I noted that would have been John of Damascus and you get this kind of like all of a sudden he just looks straight at you and goes right <laughs> <laughs> now I don't know how I remembered that but I just remember that but it, you know it, it, it's, it was it, the classroom was Socratic and so uh, you were led down all kinds of rabbit trails sometimes of your own making uh, you were often left to stew in your own presuppositions until they were brought to their embarrassing telos. Uh, uh, students either liked it or greatly disliked it. Uh, but I think if you stuck with the process, uh, you learned deeply and you learned in a way that could not be learned just by rote or by a kind of a, a formulaic approach. It's a decidedly unformulaic way of teaching. Professor Pless, uh, how, how did you know Dr. Nagel? It was uh, 40 years ago uh, this past month, September, that um, I started a position as vicar at the Chapel of the Resurrection at Valparaiso University. I had just graduated from uh, Trinity Lutheran Seminary in uh, Columbus, Ohio, and had accepted what I thought was going to be a one-year appointment to work on the chapel staff and would be directly working with uh, Dr. Nagel. That one-year appointment uh, turned into a, a grand and glorious four years for me that uh, really shaped and reshaped, or I should say, uh, the direction of my own life as a, as a pastor and a theologian. And, and so I had the privilege of working with Dr. Nagel from 1979 uh, to 1983. As you worked with him, uh, what are some of the the memories you have of working with him, and and also uh, maybe perhaps things that you've learned from him through throughout those years as well? Well, that's a, a great <laughs> question, a big question, and we could go on for a long time, I suppose. Uh, suppose there, you know, I came to Valpo in 1979. I was a graduate of a non-Missouri Synod seminary. I think I had some kind of instincts in a confessional direction, but uh, they certainly weren't there yet. And I often remember uh, Norman Nagel uh, speaking of Luther, nailing the 95 Thesis uh, on the uh, church door in 1517, and saying that the goose was in the oven, but not entirely cooked yet. Well, that's kind of how I came to Valpo. Uh, the goose was in the oven, but not entirely cooked yet. Uh, Nagel helped to cook that goose for me, and um, I'm forever grateful for that. And uh, he often did it, again, by asking questions without giving uh, a direct or, as Swirla said, a, a formulaic answer. And then we would, uh, he would kind of, um, uh, I would ask a question, he would come back with another question, and then he would direct me to particular uh, text uh, to look at in the Scripture, uh, in Luther, and also in some uh, particular Lutheran theologians that had been quite influential on Norman Nagel, namely uh, Werner Ebert and uh, Hermann Zasse. In fact, while I was at Valpo during those four years, uh, Dr. Nagel was actually busy translating the works of Hermann Zasse, and I literally got to kind of look over his shoulder, uh, read manuscripts of translations that he was doing, and be engaged in conversations about Zasse. And um, 
and certainly uh, Sasa and Ehlert have left their own imprint in my life and my my ministry and currently in my teaching at Concordia Theological Seminary here in Fort Wayne. Another uh, particular memory with Dr. Nagel, those were kind of tumultuous days in the life of of the Missouri Synod and in the life of Valparaiso University right after uh, the whole um, Simonex controversy in St. Louis, uh, five years after that, 79 is when I started. And those tensions were running high at, uh, in the theology department and in the cam- on the campus in general at Valpo. And uh, sometimes uh, Dr. Nagel would get uh, kind of drawn into the midst of that uh, controversy and was often made a target. And uh, he would often uh, invite me over to his to the deanery and say, Vicar, uh, let's go and have a scotch or, a, excuse me, a sherry and a cigar and take the longer view. And that taking uh, the longer view was a uh, kind of a antiphon uh, throughout my four years there that uh, Dr. Nagel helped me to understand that uh, things are not often accomplished in the church overnight, that it takes a great deal of um, great deal of patience and uh, waiting on the Lord and uh, praying uh, to the Lord that he would continue uh, to abide with his church. And Nagel uh, would often um, conclude those evening conversations uh, with a citation again from Sasa. Uh, that the Lord Jesus continues to pray for his church. And and that gave me a great deal of joy and confidence in um, in, in moving forward. And it's still helpful advice that I, I try to put in practice today. Pastor Sorella, how has your ministry been shaped uh, by by what uh, Dr. Nagel taught and, and how he how he taught you as well? Well, I, uh, I think two things come to mind. The first, uh, just springboarding on what John just said, is that uh, uh, Dr. Nagel taught us to be constructively critical, um, that one was never entirely wrong nor ever entirely right, and mm-hmm. to be able to see both those things, to view things in both their best light and their worst light. And, uh, and I think, you know, he exemplified that in the way uh, he refused to be drawn into very binary polarized discussions but but we were taught to be analytical about these things uh i remember a slogan of a saying of his that uh one does not uh say a right thing by stating the opposite of an error you are simply <laughs> stating the opposite error and uh and and i i think that that applies in so many things the controversies in the church today or in the simple controversies that arise amongst uh, people in life together is to be able to see things in both their positive and their negative light and to analyze and to work your way through that. Um, the other thing is, as a preacher, um, my, my memory of Dr. Nagel is more in the pulpit than the classroom. And I, I remember a conversation in his office, uh, you know, there, there were cigars, <laughs> after um, Gerhard Forty had spoken at the seminary on proclaiming law and gospel, and we were kind of having a post talk confab over that and and i just i and i I talked to dr nagel i asked him this this question i said how do you approach law and gospel as a preacher and he said something that has stuck with me for 28 years and i I apply it almost every week Uh, he says you first uh look at the text for what it delivers of jesus 
And second, you look at the text and see what gets in the way of that delivery. That's it's mm-hmm. very, very Nagel-like in, in the, the approach. But the approach is profound, is, is that he expects to come to a text of Scripture with Jesus being delivered. That's the purpose of the text. And then the kind of the law comes in to clear the rubble, to clear away to, to clear away what gets in the way of that delivery, because that's that's ultimately sin. And and I, I like it because it's a gospel law approach that it starts <laughs> with the gospel and then the law comes in to serve the gospel by by removing the obstacles to hearing the Jesus that the text would deliver. Professor Pless, how did Dr. Nagel's ministry and teaching, uh, how did that shape your ministry? Again, to uh, kind of echo some things that Bill said, uh, preaching. And no one can uh, imitate Nagel, and I never tried to imitate Nagel. Uh, People who tried to imitate Nagel uh, usually kind of made fools of themselves. Uh, but I learned a lot about preaching uh, from from Dr. Nagel. He, in fact, preached my ordination sermon, and uh, when I celebrated the 15th anniversary of ordination in Minneapolis, uh, the congregation brought him, brought him up to preach for that. And I have a very vivid memories also of his preaching, and uh, preaching was always to let Christ alone at the end of the day stand as our brother and our Savior. And I, like again what uh, Pastor Swirla was saying about the law-gospel distinction and the way Nagel used that in a very functional way, that uh, the law is the diagnosis. Everything that blocks Jesus, everything that gets in the way of, uh, of trusting in this Jesus for forgiveness of sins and all that he gives uh, has to be uh, diagnosed, has to be critiqued, has to be condemned. That's work of the law. But the gospel is always to have uh, the final and uh, the predominant the predominant word. There was a little essay that Dr. Nagel wrote back in the 1960s, published in the old Springfielder, the uh, predecessor journal of uh, Concordia Theological Quarterly. And uh, the article was entitled, The Gospel is What Lutherans Care About. And that is the abiding gift that um, uh, continues uh, to stay with me when I think of uh, Norman Nagel. Uh, It is really all about uh, the gospel. Yes, we proclaim uh, the law, but the law does not make us better Christians. It shows us our sin and uh, drives us to Christ uh, crucified and and raised uh, uh, for us. And the task of being a pastor is to let that word of the cross uh, ring full and clear. Thanks be to God for that good mm-hmm. gift. Pastor and Professor John Pless, Concordia Theological Seminary in Fort Wayne, thank you so much for sharing your memories with us here on the Coffee Hour. Glad to. And the Reverend William Swirla, pastor at Holy Trinity Lutheran Church in Hacienda Heights, California. Thank you so much for sharing your stories and memories of Dr. Nagel with us today as well. It was my pleasure. Coming up in just a moment, we have a few more stories to share. You're listening mm-hmm. to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth.
You're a miracle. You know that, right? A living, breathing, one-of-a-kind miracle. You were created to stand apart, to share your gifts in the service of others, to make an uncommon impact in a common world. And at Concordia University, it's our mission to help you do that, to live uncommon. To learn more about Concordia, go to cuw.edu. Hi, I'm Pastor Billy Brath, and I have a couple stories with my experiences with Professor Nagel. So I'm visiting the seminary for the first time as a college student, right? So seminary will bring you in and kind of show you around the seminary, really get you excited to graduate undergrad and head off to the seminary. And so me and my friend Chris were assigned to a class. What class did they send us to? Baptism with Norman Nagel. We think this is great. We've heard of him before because he's a famous professor at the seminary. We sit in the classroom. We're a little nervous because all these big deal college or seminary students are there with us. And in walks Norman Nagel, ignores the entire class, walks to the edge of the classroom, stares out the window into Luther Park, and talks for 45 minutes on the theology of baptism. At the end of 45 minutes, turns around and walks out of the classroom and never once references our existence. And it was awesome. It was my introduction to Concordia Seminary. I still attended, so I guess it worked. Anyway, while I was there at the seminary, um, I was in the uh, ground level of the seminary and I was making copies of uh, some of our textbooks that we were using and in walks Norman Nagel with this big old book in German. He walks up to me with this big old Norman Nagel smile, shows me the book, talks to me in German, points out a few things on the page, smiles back at me, turns around and walks away. And I'm pretty sure that not only did he think that I spoke German, that I also read German. More importantly, I think Norman Nagel thought all of us still learned German at the seminary. And um, I've talked to a few professors, and I'm pretty sure that's true. So, great dude, a lot of fun, but all of us have these kinds of stories about Norman Nagel, as well as the great stuff that he taught all of us. So, thanks, Norman. See you soon. Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It is Friday, October 25th. Today we are remembering the Reverend Dr. Norman Nagel, Professor Emeritus at Concordia Seminary in St. Louis, and now the, the sainted uh, mm-hmm. Dr. Nagel, and we are so grateful for him and uh, the how the Lord used him to shape so many pastors and, and uh, as well as, as lay people mm-hmm. in, in our church body and beyond. And uh, so we're sharing some stories. And today, joining us by phone, the Reverend Charles Hendrickson, pastor of St. Matthew Lutheran Church in Bonterre, Missouri. And I, we, I believe we have a new title to add to that as oh, well. We good do. morning, Pastor Hendrickson. Good morning. It's good to be back on the KFUO airwaves. Now I'm back up in Chicago, my hometown, during the week. Yeah, tell us a little bit about uh, the new title to add to <laughs> not only pastor, well, the wonderful pastor at St. Matthew, but uh, also uh, the Lord has uh, given you a new task to add to that this year. Well, I've been asked to be, the title is Visit, Visiting Assistant Professor of Theology here at Concordia University in Chicago, my alma mater. As is, <laughs> as is mine and, uh, and Sarah's mine. as well. So, uh, Yeah, it, go Cougars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, it's homecoming this weekend. It is, it is. <laughs> so things must be lively. And today, there. by the way, today is the official inauguration of our new president oh, here, right. uh, Dr. Russell Dawn. So we have mm. a, a big to-dos today. 
<laughs> wonderful, wonderful. Well, you were uh, you got to know Dr. Nagel. Tell us how did you first meet Dr. Norman Nagel? Well, it might have been in the same class as uh, my classmate Bill Swirla. We uh, both started seminary at the same time and had Dr. Nagel for a number of classes, both in uh, the Master of Divinity program and then for graduate school for the Master of Sacred Theology. I had Dr. Nagel for both for classes in both uh, levels there, and. Um, what Bill Swirla said about the unusual or unique teaching style of Norman Nagel, uh, you know, mm-hmm. Reader's Digest used to have, who is your most unforgettable character? Mm-hmm. And I think for a lot of us, it might be Dr. Norman Nagel. He taught in a way that was different than any other professor I had. I remember him coming into the classroom on the first day I had him. And unlike other professors where they hand out the syllabus as the first thing, there was no syllabus. He just laid his big old-fashioned satchel on the desk, took out some books and propped them up against the satchel. Then he walked over to the window and sort of put his face up against the window and is rocking back and forth and just starts talking. And uh, every all the students are just sort of, what is this, you know? Uh, but uh, sometimes he would just put his face up against the chalkboard and right. And, uh, you know, there was that Australian-British accent and uh, his just unusual manner, but it really worked for him. Um, so, uh, you know, he was very memorable. The way he put things, as, as Swirla said, he was kind of indirect. He didn't tell you things straight out, but he got you to think. Um, and so he was one of the most interesting and uh, thought-provoking professors I've ever had. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of times uh, the, the professors or teachers or mentors who have uh, unusual styles often are the ones that are the most influential because they make you uh, think and, and think outside of, of, uh, of, what, yeah. you, of what you're used to well, doing. And of course, he really knew his stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. he's, he was a world-class Luther scholar, uh, read Luther in the German and the Latin and could quote him in either language. Uh, even into his 90s, I remember. Um, but the, I would say that Norman Nagel might be the most influential theologian in our circles that we've had maybe in the last 50 years. Mm-hmm. And all the students that sort of uh, uh, learn from him are we even have a term for that. We call ourselves uh, Nagelites. <laughs> now, uh, Swirla and Pless, you know, Pless is probably the original Nagelite. But uh, a lot of us uh, were influenced by him. And I would say that Norman Nagel taught me to think like a Lutheran. Hmm. What, what, is the most, uh, oh, what is the most valuable thing uh, you learned from Dr. Nagel? Well, uh, as I say, he taught me to think like a Lutheran. <laughs> Some of his sayings, like uh, to gospel talk it, and about faith is being given to... Um, Uh, He had these distinctive phrases, like, who's running the verbs? Is it God or is it us? You know, so uh, the gospel is in the way of God running the verbs. Um, He used a term like locatedness. Where where is your faith? Uh, I mean, he uses these very pithy, in a pithy way, but to unpack that means where can you be sure? Uh, Where has God promised to be present for you? And uh, so in the, in the word and the sacraments. 
So, and, and the focus on Jesus doing the job. Um, another saying he had was like, no mathematics. Uh, the gospel is the whole lot and always more. So these are some of the, the phrases that stick with you. And just in a little pithy saying like that, that's unique. It, it carries with it a whole lot of uh, theology for the good. How do you think his ministry has shaped your ministry? I think I learned more of the theology of worship from uh, Norman Nagel in a systematics class <laughs> than in some of my, pre- not to de- demean the practical classes on worship, but he, he taught, not, taught me not just how to go through the, where to turn in the service and everything, but how to think about what's happening in the uh, worship service, in the divine service. Um, very well known is the introduction to our 1982 hymnal, Lutheran Worship. And that introduction was written by Dr. Norman Nagel. And I'll just quote like the first couple of lines. Our Lord speaks and we listen. His word bestows what it says. Faith that is born from what is heard acknowledges the gifts received with eager thankfulness and praise. Music is drawn into this thankfulness and praise, enlarging and elevating the adoration of our gracious giver, God. So for Norman Nagel, it's all about the gifts being delivered. And then what happens in worship, does it extol the gifts and the giver? Um, so that, that's a guiding principle in, uh, in how we worship, I think. We have just about a minute left. Uh, I'm sure that you have probably hours more of stories. If well, there's just one thing. Let me just left. tell you what happened. Yeah, what what's happened in the, even in his last ten years. Now I had Norman Nagel in the late '80s and early '90s for MDiv and uh, graduate school, but even in the last ten years or so, when he after he had a stroke and he was in a wheelchair and living at Laclee Groves uh, in St. Louis. Every, we have this Tuesday morning pericopal study group of pastors where we go over the lessons for the coming Sunday and the Holy Gospel in the Greek, and we talk about how to preach it. Well, every five weeks or so, Henry Garricky would arrange for us to come over to Laclee Groves, and Dr. Nagel would sit in on our discussions, he and Dr. the late Dr. Foyeron. And um, even in his late 80s, uh, Nagel would would have, he wouldn't speak much, but whenever he spoke, everybody listened. And he would quote something from Luther in German or say, the poor Holy Spirit doesn't know anything but Jesus. And uh, so he was, you know, I called it Tuesdays with Norman. <laughs> and uh, it was just very, he was one of the most memorable persons I had ever met, I've ever met in my life. And uh, shaped, he's, he's shaped more pastors and professors in their theology than I think anybody else. Great. Thanks be to God for Dr. Nagel. Thank mm-hmm. you, Pastor Henriksen, yes. for being our guest today on The Coffee Hour and sharing your memories as well. My pleasure. Bye-bye. Well, that does it for The Coffee Hour today. We'll share some bonus. We have some mm-hmm. bonus material for today's stories as well. We'll share those with the uh, the notes in, in today's program. KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO, Christ for you, anytime, anywhere. Come on, come on.